Hey, welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality with Sydney DeLorean. That's me. And we have fan favorite Paris back on the show. How's it going, Paris? It's going well. Thank you for having me back. I'm so excited. We had a lot of uh, overwhelming positive response to uh, the episode that we did on burlesque. And people are excited to hear from you again. Yay. All right. Cool. Um, so you had the unique experience of being raised a Jehovah's Witness, and um, Jehovah's Witnesses have been on my topic list for over a year, and so what what better time uh, to cover them than with someone who actually has experienced the religion? Yeah, I was raised in the religion, so I know a little bit about it, at least a little bit. Well, I figured I'll go, I'll do like a little background on the religion and then um, you can maybe fill in the blanks. Um, cause, okay. Because I'm going to be real. I read about it, but also studying religion is really boring. So I don't know how much I retained. Oh my God. I, I love world religion and I hate religions, but I love studying about religions. That's funny. I would think that you'd love it. I'm a, I'm a science person outside of this show. So yeah, I don't do a lot of... Okay. Uh, philosophical readings um so jehovah's witnesses are christian denomination and they came out of a bible uh study movement in the 1870s so basically it was people trying to study the bible and a new denomination of christianity came out of it they believe themselves to be a restoration of first century christianity um there are 8.5 million worldwide and there, here's a couple interesting things about them. So they're a hierarchical religion, and they have a, a governing body called the governing body. And it's an all-male group that varies in size, and they profess to be the anointed class. And um, the only way someone can become a new member of the governing body is to be selected by the existing body, so they're not voted in. Um, they're just chosen and, um, they don't have a solid doctrine. They do progressive revelations that they publish in the Watchtower Society. Um, and so I think we can go over like the things that we, everyone knows about Jehovah's Witnesses because they're known for, they distribute, they do door-to-door preaching and they distribute this literature, um, which I think everyone's probably seen the Watchtower. Um, they have another publication called Awake. And I always see these at the laundromat or <laughs> sometimes in the uh, bathroom at the gym. Um, exactly. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, God, these clothes are taking forever to dry. Let me get a new religion. Um, and they know, they're known for not celebrating holidays. That's a big deal because they're seen as um, uh, pagan. And then they don't uh, salute flags or sing national anthems. Uh, They don't believe in the Trinity, which is kind of a typical Christian thing that you have the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They're not into that. Um, They don't do military service or blood transfusions. Or vote or birthdays or holidays. They don't vote. No, hell no. So is that seen? So they they uh, they consider regular society to be morally corrupt and under the influence of Satan. And it's said like they have to limit their or they try to limit their uh, communication and association with people outside of the religion. So is voting seen as participating in like this kind of satanic mainstream culture? <laughs> kind of so so voting would fall under um uh not part- like uh, it's so weird because w- if you're a witness then you're like glowing in holy spirit so to speak and your whole life is about your spirituality and your uh, you know your um uh love for god and so because of that it's a um uh, it's a violation of church and state to vote and because it's like uh, anybody who's in government has to be evil kind of thing. Because that's basically how the stories were told in the Bible. There's no good politicians in the Bible. And so 
Well, there aren't really bad. There aren't really many good politicians in practice. Right, so. right. But, but there was like, I, I know, I know. But there was like kings and queens. You know, I mean, it's pretty rare for there to be a good one, you know. Yeah. But mostly if they were like, uh, yeah, if they were somebody that was involved with the man, then they're bad. The man is bad. Um, I was raised, so I was raised uh, Southern Baptist and we, they weren't anti-voting, but it, they had the similarity that we weren't. The, we were so churchy that we weren't supposed to engage in secular culture. So like um, in one of my church youth group sessions, I remember kids were breaking their Backstreet Boys and like Britney Spears CDs because they came back from church camp and realized that if it wasn't of God or in service to God, it was the devil. And so you weren't supposed to watch TV or listen to music or anything that wasn't directly in like uh, in in the like uh, uh actions for god or behaviors for god or just whatever conduct for god uh, i know exactly what you mean i, I was uh, so i left the organization when i was like 15 so and i'm like considerably older than 15 so there's some things that that um are totally just drilled into me and some stuff i may not remember or, or things that have changed because it's also a religion with with enough plasticity to change a little bit when people are when I don't know if it's like uh, membership goes down or whatever but things change within the religion but um but my knowledge is from back in the day from being in the religion my whole life um in the 70s like so yeah I I don't know um but yeah voting is uh it's it's not not done I I didn't vote actually because part of when you leave the religion too I just want to say that some of it stays residually a part of you that's one of the things that's like uh, that's a commonality between people that that used to be Jehovah's Witnesses is that part of it you just you live flawed and guilty for the rest of your life once you leave and, and you're never supposed to talk about it. So this is like a big thing. I can feel like when you were reading that description, I was definitely getting like some crazy triggers. I'd never used the word hierarchy before in referencing the organization and goddamn, it totally is, you know. It is. There's one authority answering to another authority up, 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 up. And uh, and the same thing with like the ranking of people, um, because the world is bad and the world is anybody that's not in the religion. And then there's the 144,000 since the beginning of time and only 144,000 supposedly go to heaven ever. Whoa. Everyone else stays here. I know. Isn't that crazy? And so I've met anointed. They're called the anointed and I've met like three or four of them in my life. And it's like, how did you know? Come on. You know, I don't know. But supposedly you just know as much as you know who you are, that you're one of the anointed. And so they're, they're you know, they're treated with this reverence that's definitely as if they're better than everyone else. And the anointed are the 144,000 that get to right. go to heaven. And do they decide for, that they are? And then every, like, they you, just know, Sydney. They just know. I, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not one of them. I, so know, I know. There's no proof. There's no proof. <laughs> it's just something that they supposedly know. And so, like I said, you just all of a sudden, you know, you meet one of the anointed. And um, I mean, I, I never encountered anybody. Usually everybody's a lot older that claims that or claimed that when I was growing up. Not so much when I was. Um, I didn't I didn't see like 10 year olds running around saying that they were going to heaven ever. So I don't know um, if it's like a I don't know. I um I listened to this interview with this gentleman who had left the church and in the vein of it being hierarchical, he was saying um, one of the things that was really hard for him with um, the religion was that. In a lot of other religions, is about seeking and searching. And so if you go to, say, your rabbi with questions, he'll say, well, look over the text, do some... It's almost like critical thinking. Like, you read the text, see what you think about it, let's discuss it. And this gentleman said that his experience in the Jehovah's Witness is that you weren't allowed to question because basically these people in the governing body, these people who are part of the Watchtower Society, they make the declarations and you have to accept them. And um, that's yeah, exactly. Th- that's the big thing. That's the big thing. It, it's a, so with authority. So what Jehovah's Witnesses does is it teaches. So one of the things that's really awesome about it is that um most of like the 
uh, I don't know, the strippers, the punk, you know, the punk rockers, the, uh, the, the, um, the rebels that I've known in my life have mostly, uh, not mostly, but, but there's always a Jehovah's Witness in the group. I can always ask, a, you know, a group of free thinkers if I find myself in a group of them. And sure enough, because it teaches you how to defy authority and so, and, or how to stand alone. However, within the organization, you do not question authority, period, at all, no matter what. And so I, I do want to point out at the beginning of this that my stance is that anybody that says, any organization that says, if you don't agree with us, then we don't like you. We're not on your team. And that's, that's a cult. And I acknowledge that. That's a cult. That's, that's some mind control shit, you know, and it's not right. We're, we're all, you know, we all have value. And so, um, but, but that's just how they are, you know. But yeah, you don't, no matter what. And because of that, there's a ton of sexual and emotional abuse that exists Anytime you isolate yourself, isolation, in my opinion, is where dysfunction and abuse breed. And so that's what makes Jehovah's Witnesses a breeding ground for some really fucked up shit happening. Um, yeah, this gentleman, uh, he, he, his sister was raped, was violently raped. And the church, kind of in their handling of it, was telling his sister, you need to pray more. You need to think about what was wrong with your spirit that allowed this to happen to you and yeah it didn't obviously that didn't help the sister heal and she ended up um getting into self-mutilation so she was shunned from the church and um and and that was it caused a crisis of faith in him of course because he's thinking oh this is my religion but yet it's kind of doing my sister dirty and uh, his story was interesting because he became an alcoholic because Jehovah's Witnesses are allowed to drink um, because there is alcohol in the Bible and um, his drinking kind of got out of control and so he went for tried to seek counseling within the religion and they didn't really have that they didn't really acknowledge addiction and um, he ended yeah. up himself getting shunned, which is, well, it's called disfellowshipping. Right. I think that that's important, too. That, that's a huge, huge thing to, to mention about Jehovah's Witnesses that people may or may not know, is that if you come out as homosexual or you are seen smoking a cigarette or, or you're, uh, you know, it's reported that you cheat on your, more so if you cheat on your husband than if you cheat on your wife, um, that you could be disfellowshipped. And once you're disfellowshipped, then your entire family is to not speak or look or acknowledge you again, which is so, it's, it's such a fucked up thing to do to a family member that you love, but, but that's what happens. Um, yeah, that's what the Scientologists do. And it's, uh, it's very traumatic and, and you can come back from disfellowshipping if you go to the right meetings, but you have to go to these meetings and no one there is allowed to acknowledge you and you aren't allowed to speak until someone decides that you can be brought back into the fold it's it's right it's very odd so um maybe maybe we should back up and were your parents um jehovah's witnesses before you were born my mother was my dad uh was not um he was not, and he, and he became a Jehovah's Witness when I was like, let's see, we lived in Florida. I grew up in Houston, but we lived in Florida for a little while. I must have been like four years old, four or five, when he stopped smoking and just like, you know, he uh, surrendered <laughs> to the truth. They call it the truth. That's the, that's an AKA for the religion, the truth. The truth. And was uh-huh. it, were... How did they feel about your mom being with this guy who wasn't part of the religion and he was a smoker and they felt really sorry for her (laughs) (laughs) and they had such compassion for her. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, that's what happens because sometimes you're, uh, somebody's married to a non-believer. I think, you know, they were married before my mother became a witness. But before I was born, my mom was a witness. My grandmother, her mother was a witness. My mom is still a witness. Oh. Which blows my mind, but but she is. Um, yeah, my dad is not. He uh, fell away, um, you know, a- after years of doing things that were not Jehovah's Witness-ish. Uh, he fell away, um, I-, I don't know, probably 25 years ago. So when... Um, but yeah. 
when you were growing up, um, how often did you go to church? What is it? What does it look like? Uh, is it every a lot. week? Several times? I heard week? you say something before about, did you go to church like every day or something? First of all, it was like six blo- days a week. Yeah. Uh huh. That's every day. That's <laughs> crazy. That's so crazy. Oh my God. Uh, no, we did not go every day, but we went for, uh, we went for two hours twice a week and for an hour at somebody's house we would do bible study on tuesdays which i think is very common tuesdays to be bible study and every like uh the the congregation would be divided up into like four or five groups and they met at a home and and i was told a long time ago that that was just to like train us for you know the Anne Frank conditions we were eventually going to have to live in um once we were persecuted into isolate into hiding just before Armageddon that's called the great tribulation that would happen so that was like training just like meeting and and studying the bible in the home that's what that was for oh yeah and then and then of course going out in service which you did that you know by the hour you reported your hours on a timesheet that you never got paid for for going door to door you know um and so there was that was done that was encouraged to be done twice a week it just depends you know so it kind of is every day. Um, yeah, it's such a weird psychology because I also was raised where it was like training for Armageddon and what are you going to do when the Satanists pull your toenails out and try to convince you to denounce God? It's, it's a very weird <laughs> thing to say to a child. But um, the, the Bible, the group Bible study is interesting because I believe that... Um, witnesses aren't supposed to or are discouraged from studying the Bible alone. They're supposed to study it together and with, you know, someone who's higher ranking than them. And it's to discourage independent interpretation, I guess, of of the text. Uh, Probably, you know, and and that's probably not a bad idea with like, you know, mind, uh, mind control, because that was the the story that what turned me again. First of all, I was like, borderline suicidal a couple of years of being a teenager because I was being groomed you know coming from Mexican culture Jehovah's Witness I was being groomed to be a wife and Mm. that was supposed to be that was my lot in life and that was it and to be subservient to a husband and to uh you know that was that was my path and I was told as a child growing up that the best I I was ever going to get or the closest I was ever going to get to having like a career would be like to be a secretary and that was that's that was my ceiling and so um you know I uh the, the the bible passage that I read on my own that I obsessed over was the one where you know, Lot uh, is told to, you know, he has to get out of the city of Sod- or the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah with his family and, and then um, not look back. Don't look back. Just keep it moving. Keep your, you know, your, your eyes ahead of you and, and run away from it. And Lot's wife turns around um, and she's turned to a pillar of salt. And then uh, that's followed by uh, their daughters taking Lot into the woods and getting him drunk and then getting impregnated. The girl's getting impregnated Whoa. by him. And I was like, this is so fucking wrong. It's it's not even funny. It was so blatant to me, no matter how many times I looked at it. And that was like, you know, in my manifesto to my parents that I wasn't going to participate in it anymore. Um, I, I that That's the story that just uh, put me over the edge. And so they're probably right. Studying it on your own causes, you know, your own interpretation, your own free thought. And, and um and then I left. That was definitely the exact course of me leaving religion was independently reading the Bible and the passage that got me. I I want it was in like Second Peter Paul. It wasn't Second Mary. I don't remember. But like right, right, right. Second it, Peter Paul or Mary. It was one of those, and it was saying that the woman has to be subs- the husband needs to be subservient to God, and the woman needs to be subservient to the husband, whether or not he's following the will of God. And yeah. I just I was one of those things where I just kept reading, and I go, you know what? I don't think this jives because as if you're you're a very rebellious spirit and you're a very independent spirit, and so things like that are gonna inherently not 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 jive with you Um, right well yeah I think that there's something that happens I think that it's happening more and more with time especially with females is that you realize you live what you realize what living your truth is 
you know, and, and I don't even know if it's rebellious as much as just an, an insistence on living your truth, you know, living who you are and not um, conforming to something that doesn't feel right, you know, and I think that that's, I don't know, some of the most amazing people I know used to be Jehovah's Witnesses. I don't know anybody that is a Jehovah's Witness that I would consider amazing, an amazing person in the, in their deeds and their spirit and um, just their conscience. I just don't. Um, how did it go over with your parents? So you were, you said 15 and you, yeah, you told that, what, how did, what did you say to them? I mean, I basically told them I just didn't feel right anymore and that I needed a break. Um, I had my bags packed when I went in to talk to them. Um, it just didn't make any sense. You know, I'm not, I'm definitely, I mean, I honor, I honor my mom and my dad, but I, I mean, I do want to say that, I mean, it was, they did the best they could, but it was dysfunctional just, just cause growing up sometimes. And, and, um, and some of that stuff was just like, um, it, it was overlooked. It seemed to me in the organization that it was overlooked if you were likable, especially if you were a man and, um, and if you did things for other, if you like, uh, if you gave a bunch of people a job in the congregation with your company, then you're less likely to be disfellowshipped for doing some, you know, going against the rules and that's not right, but, but yeah, you know. and that's like something that was obvious to you with from within it. You could even as a teenager go, wait, this isn't fair. the The penalties are not being leveled equally. Right, right, right. It's a very shame based way of thinking. And shame feels awful. Shame does not feel good. So why would we voluntarily, um, you know, do something that that puts us that makes us just shameful all the time? You know, I mean, like if you if you've masturbated ever before marriage, then then you're like you've you're already you're already damaged, you know. Yeah. And so if that if nobody else knows that and you know that you just know that you're you just live shamefully, you know. Yeah. You feel unclean, at least like that was my experience. Um, And so when you told your parents you needed a break, how did they react to that? Uh, they were like, uh, my, you know, my mother was really, 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 really disappointed, and um, and that sucked. But but I still felt better. It still felt better. My dad, um, he was just like, you know, okay. I mean, he was disappointed too. But but you know, I think I think everybody was getting it. You know, as I was becoming my own person, I think you know, I just told him I just can't do this anymore. And it's you know, there's too many other things that I want to do. And, um, you know, I just need a break. That was my, that, that's how I was going to, you know, get out is telling them I needed a break. And they were, you know, I, I mean, I was, I was already like, I, I, I'd already defined who I was going to be by that time. And so they just kind of, you know, they uh, kicking and screaming. They said, okay. Were they worried about what other people within the church were going to say? Did they try to encourage you to, oh, just go through the motions so we don't have to deal with controversy? I'm sure that that's probably the only thing they were thinking about at that time, but they didn't discuss that with me. I'm keeping up appearances is really big. As a, you know, uh, growing up in Tejano culture as well as Jehovah's Witnesses, what people think. Because it's a tattletale organization, too. That, that's a big thing, too. You are encouraged to tell on each other when somebody you see somebody doing something wrong. There's, you know, that policing that that's, uh, is mandatory within the organization. So, sure. I, I wasn't baptized. I went door to door a lot growing up. And because I wanted to, I couldn't do it enough. But, um, but then I just kind of, like, quietly fell away because I wasn't baptized. So I didn't get shunned, oh. so to speak. Yeah. So, so the Jehovah's Witnesses do adult baptism. Uh, they actually don't believe in uh, the infant baptism. So, if you were part of a different subsect of Christianity and you were baptized as an infant, um, it doesn't count for Jehovah's Witnesses. That's not. You have to go through like classes, and then you you yeah. have, and then you have. Uh, an adult ceremony what do you know what age that usually happens at or it I've depends? seen it I've seen it happen with children okay I've seen it happen with children um so I don't know but you know it's of course you have to be old enough to know how to read and to have these bible studies that are specifically for you to be baptized regardless of how much time you've ever spent in the organization then you have these bible studies I, I don't know I mean I've seen it's mostly adults 
And uh, a teenage, you know, that's almost a rite of passage that's a given when you're a teenager at some point. Um, but I've seen children for sure. I've seen kids as young as like maybe eight years old. Not not often, but I have. Yeah, it's weird. I because I did that when I was I want to say twelve because I had budding breasts. That's how I timestamp it. <laughs> um, but I I did that in the Baptist church, and it was so funny because you know in hindsight, even just a few short years later, I was thinking about how it was just me reading and reciting back what I was told to do. It was the same as you know yeah. I studied anything else in school. And uh, it's weird to have somebody who really is a minor and isn't capable of independent thinking go through this spiritual ritual that I I mean, it it didn't mean anything. It really didn't mean anything to me because I didn't I didn't feel any sort of gravity in what I was doing. I was just doing what I was supposed to. Well, and it's not cool when you're 12, you don't, you're not old enough to give consent for anything else in your life. So why are you consensually, I don't know, it's, it's crazy, but it's almost like they just want to get you, you know, it's a mentality of, of, um, it's a mob, mob mentality and trying to get you and keep you, you know? Oh yeah. It's just the same as when you're car shopping. If you say a car looks nice, they're like, oh, we got them on the hook. We just got to Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so you, if you if you aren't baptized into it when you leave, it's not considered disfellowshipping because you weren't fully incorporated. Like until you're baptized, you're kind of considered I guess, window shopping. I guess, yeah, yeah. That, that's but that's the formality, you know. Is the is the the bapti- the baptism the submersion in water? Um, yeah, that's another thing too. So it's a submersion thing. So we would go. Oh yeah, there's these conventions too. There's um, international conventions that take place, I think, every 10 years or so. And then there's district and, and uh, uh, there's these, uh, oh, what are the other ones called? It starts with a C. Anyway, there's conventions where they fill um, just like stadiums up uh, two or three times a year. And um, and the, the, that's where that's where all of the teenagers go to like see each other and, and other congregations. That's like sometimes the only time you ever get to see each other is at these conventions. And, and so all kinds of crazy stuff happens. But um, but yeah, they're like so long. They're like from like nine in the morning until like four in the afternoon for like two to four days. Ugh. And there's tons of them. It's so you see all of these conservatively dressed people these like nuclear families uh at least back then nuclear families that were just um yeah that that are all jehovah's witnesses that would converge on a city that's so it's so weird and is the does their baptism is it like in other religions where it's considered a rebirth like you're being reborn into the faith i don't know if the the, um, term rebirth is is correct on on how they think about it it's just um I don't know. It's kind of like a surrender. Okay. It's a surrender that you do. I don't think it's a rebirth. Yeah, I'm um, I, I'm just obsessed with the concept of rebirth and how certain yeah. belief systems uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear it. you. It's it's a whole thing. Um so are these mixers <laughs> like it's so it's because we're it's not um it's not a super dominant religion so the the point of the conventions is kind of oh we get to see other people who are like us right and there's talks there's these talks all day long that take place there's a program with like talks and, and different elders um in the organization and sometimes somebody from Bethel New York uh where the Watchtower Society it is uh, their headquarters was for a long time. I don't know where it is now, but it, but um, it was there forever. And um, so sometimes some like special guest would come from there or from, you know, another country or whatever, and uh, and speak, you know, stuff just inspiring whatever about uh, about the um, their version of the Bible, their translation. Um. And when when you would do your door to door, which is considered works, what uh-huh. what were you, would you do? Would you get dropped off in a neighborhood and you'd go down the street and you knock on each door? Yeah. So this is what's so crazy as an adult. My friends are constantly telling me about how you know my parents were super controlling, but they definitely put us in peril. 
you know, in like some really dangerous situations all the time, you know. So we would go to some all, all different kinds of, you know, you get these territories and you agree when you check out this, you know, piece of the map with the church that you are going to cover this. You're going to blanket it with with the word, you know, the truth. And so, yeah, sometimes, I mean, I've been dropped off with another person, sometimes another kid as young as like six years old. Oh my and God. Um, I know, I know. It's some crazy neighborhoods. I have two dog bites, two. I've been mangled by two dogs um, going door to door. Um, so I have a thing sometimes about certain dogs that just scare me. But um, yeah, so yeah, and then we'd go and knock on the door, really, you know, not not uh, softly, but firmly. And mostly people, when I was really little, people were like, oh, my God, you're so smart and so cute and whatever. And it probably definitely helped uh, going door to door helped me as a public speaker and as um, a performer on stage. I, I have a lot less stage fright sometimes than I think that other people do. But um, yeah. And, and so then you would kind of peddle them. It was back then, I think it was 10 cents for the Watchtower and 10 cents for the Awake. Oh. And the whole, yeah, the objective was to get them to buy it, you know. And okay, so they are not, it's not free literature. It didn't used to be. It might be now, but but it didn't used to be. We, In fact, we would pay for them. We would pay, you know, my dad would get like, you know, a hundred watchtowers, a hundred awakes and or whatever. And then we would... Um, we would peddle them. And then there were also books and you ultimately want them to get a Bible study with you or with, you know, that that's what you want or you want to be invited in, which is so dangerous, yeah. but, uh, you, you know, but you want to be invited in and you want to have, uh, you want to have debate about the Bible with them. It's, it's always weird when people are trying to push religion on you and what they try to do is figure out in what way you are broken so that then yeah. they can prescribe their religion as the cure for what's wrong with you. And it makes me very uncomfortable and also very angry when strangers try to figure out what is wrong with you because it's a tactic of manipulation, right? That's what sexual predators do. Like, yeah, we talked on the show about R. Kelly and William Control and like these guys who they pick women who have, you know, problems in their life or mental health issues um, and, yeah. and so that they can prey upon them. And I just remember one time in church when I was getting ready to leave religion and someone came over to me and they go, oh, I was watching you during service and I just could see how, how much you're hurting and blah, blah, blah. And Jesus told me to hold hands with you and pray. And I was like, did Jesus oh tell you that? Or were you just saying that? Cause I'm a woman <laughs> with a shaved head and no bra on. Like, <laughs> right. Know? Like, like, stop trying to cold read me. Like, it just, it makes you know. Me so well, it's mad. like, what was what was the religion that Jim Jones did in uh, oh, the Jonestown guy? Yeah, I, I mean, was it just called Jonestown? Did he have the name for? I, that? I don't know if, if that's what they where they were. I think the religion is called something, but it was in Jonestown, Guyana. I can't think of the name of the religion, but the one where they, you know, the the mass suicide. Mm -hmm. You know, I I uh, I listened to a couple of podcasts about that religion, and uh, it was talking about how at the initially how he got his his uh, believers or followers is they went to the worst neighborhoods. And just like blasted from like a, a van on a megaphone, you know, that, that they had all the answers. And so they went to where they could find the most vulnerable demographic. And they were the ones that went um, to Guyana with him, which it, is so messed up. It's yeah, it's so predatory. It's multi-level marketing schemes all prey on people who are not in a good financial position, right? They prey on It's like Amway. <laughs> oh, those make me furious because when you me are too. desperate, you, it, you'll you believe anything because it's like there's no other way that I'm ever going to become financially stable, right? This is my one right. way out is Amway. And it just... It it makes me very very mad. I don't I don't like when anyone tries to sell me anything. I <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. I, I had a psych a quote unquote psychic who comes from a long line of um what did he say a long line of mediums at my uh, work a couple weeks ago and he was trying uh -huh. to do a cold read on me 
And I uh. got furious because I was like, <laughs> I don't like I don't know what you're trying to do or why you think that like we can have this conversation. Like, I don't give a fuck about you. I don't give a fuck yeah. about like this bar. I put on a nice face when I'm here and I don't open myself up to people. And now that you know one thing about me, you want to try to convince me of your bullshit. I just, I hate it. I have, and oh, and then I hate it too. I hate it too. He goes to me. I mean, it sucks. Go ahead. Oh, he goes to me. You have very strong, I'm sensing that you have very strong boundaries. I go, yeah. Because a dumb fucks like you, I have very firm boundaries. Right, I'm sure after you like demonstrated 15 different signs of your boundaries, he probably got it. You know? Yeah, I'm sensing. (laughs) Um, where I can't even remember. Oh, we got because we were talking about you having to go door to door and pedal. Oh yeah. Um, and so what? How old were you when they started you out doing that? As soon as I could read, uh, when I was like six. I mean, I started going when I was a baby with my mom. And then um, I was able to do my own presentation um, probably when I was like six. And um, I was a, you know, I I like to read as a kid. So I had a decent vocabulary. I I was, you know, I had super long hair to my knees. And, and, you know, I was like all this flashy little kid that um that spoke well because I also did it with a lot of practice mm-hmm. and so people like I, I didn't get very much rudeness whatsoever people were just like they were super nice about it but I, I'm sure you know I, I've heard lots of stories about other people that that got you know guns put on them and all kinds of stuff because this happened so you know growing up in, in Texas if you're on somebody's property they can shoot you oh period yeah. You know, that's just, that's the way it is. And so it's extra gangster down there, you know, in the Bible Belt where there's a lot of Baptist people. Like, it's just, it's a, it's a really, really, um, yeah, it's, it's tough down there. Um, Yeah, that's why, I don't know, just if anyone doesn't know, in most states, you're not allowed to shoot a trespasser unless they're inside of your home. But in Texas, it's the property line, I believe. I think so. I think, I know it was growing up. Somebody told me that there might have been changes with gun laws since then. But um, yeah, it's, yeah. So it's, it was a little scary. And sometimes, I mean, I've done everything. I've been in the, you know, in the center, in the middle of the city, I've been uh, a lot of rural. We would do a lot of rural uh, witnessing where you have like you're walking like incredibly long distances, it feels like, between houses or whatever. And um, yeah, the objective is to get people to open the door and to let you in. And um, yeah, and so there's different levels of, of how many hours you can put in. If you're like, if you're an auxiliary pioneer, it used to be, I think, 40 hours a month that you would report. And then there was an, a higher tier where you would put in like, I, I want to say like 60 or 80 hours a month and so on and so on, you well, know, that, that, it, and that helps enforce that you're, it helps secure you as an asset of the religion and like decrease the chances of you leaving. Because if all yeah. of your free time is spent at church, at Bible studies or witnessing, it doesn't really give you a lot of time to get exposed to other ideas, cultures, people that might pose a threat to your beliefs. Right. It becomes your habit. It becomes your lifestyle. It becomes, you know, and when you are doing something like that and you get the external validation of your of the organization that you're doing what's right and the more you're suffering for it or the more you're doing for your faith, the, the stronger your faith is, then, um, yeah, then it, it puts you in a... Um, a higher regard for sure yeah um what happened so your parents let you take a break and you don't go to church anymore but your mom is still uh going did that affect uh your relationship with your parents um yeah yeah definitely with my mom you know um there's things I do, you know, with like my burlesque stuff, my, um, my youngest brother and my mom have not spoken to me in years because I do burlesque and that's too bad. Cause I'm the same person, you know, I'm cool. I do the right thing. I think I try to do, I try to do the right thing, honestly. And, um, but, but I don't speak to them and it's, um, yeah, it, which I, yeah, I guess so. It's I very, guess, yeah. 
it's very hurtful when you give up your belief uh in a faith and you continue to be the same person you were and you're a good person and you like you know in your heart of hearts I'm a good person and I'm trying my best and I'm being kind to others and when you are villainized because you just gave up that one thing that was definitely my experience where yeah you know I I was a real nerdy kid I was punk rock and I shaved my head and I you know wore black eyeliner and stuff and I listened to punk music but like I didn't like drink or smoke or party and when I left religion and I was told like you're a bad person you're evil you have the devil in you yeah like it it led me because you hear that enough and you start to believe it and it led me into I started partying and stuff because I was like well I'm already being treated as though I am this way so I might as well become this like self-centered selfish like you know drunk like whatever it was and it 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 took me a long time to kind of work my way back and let go of that anger and go oh I don't need those people to think I'm a good person for me to know that I am right well and it sucks for like um the people that have had your back since you were born to suddenly one day not have your back anymore and so you're kind of operating in the world without there's something weird that happens to you inside that never goes away once your family says we're not we don't we don't um we don't love you the same we don't have your back anymore well you feel so you feel untethered yeah exactly you feel vulnerable you feel untethered and it feels like uh you just um you have to be more guarded and more uh more trusting in yourself very suddenly and it's I don't know it's something very very hard harsh I should say on the soul when that happens I read once that people who were raised in very strict religions and left them that they are more likely to join cults because they really? were they were raised adhering to one belief system and then yeah. there's a there's a sense of loss and there's a sense of being lost without it and so they're more likely to latch on to another you know controlling that makes sense now that you say that sure because I see that because there's so much healing that has to be done when you if you lose your family and you lose your belief system and what was the foundation of who you thought you were like you got have to do a lot of work and be super strong in order to kind of patch patch up your soul and fill that void and not not be susceptible to the next idiot with long hair and you know a ranch sure Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, even just the, even things that that may seem small, just as simple as like uh, medical history, you know, trying to find out who in your family had something that you may or may not have, and it could help your diagnosis. Um, But not not having your family, you know, answer your your voicemails or whatever about it, because you don't matter anymore. It's intense. Yeah, it's super hard. Um, speaking of medical stuff, so the Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe, I know they don't believe in blood transfusion. I think they amended it so like you can get, like if they take the blood apart and you can get like a platelet transfusion, they, they amend things. I think so. I think so. That's been since I left, but I think you're right. Um, do they, what, how are they with other stuff? Like when you were little and you get an ear infection, would your parents take you to the doctor or do you pray? Um, I think probably more out of just like Mexican culture, more than the religion. My parents, like we didn't go to the dentist or the doctor very often. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, we got vaccinations. They were, you know, they, they did vaccinate us. Oh, okay. but other than that, when there was, I mean, my dad put stitches in my head, <laughs> you know, when I was like 14, I think that that was just a cultural thing, but we didn't go, I, they did, you know, we were encouraged. I know. Which I was witness is not to go unnecessarily or, or excessively because of the fear of getting a blood transfusion, you know. Um, yeah, and and so that's I, I'm trying to remember some of the other uh, situations that that were of issue. Uh, I had a class a couple of years ago with um, this pastor who my professor was a pastor who was also in the ethics committee at, at UN, uh, UNMH University of New Mexico hospital. And she was telling me that they had lots of like really 
fascinating issues that would come up in the committee because of Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, you know, they don't believe in anything with like uh, cloning genetics, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, what is it, the stem cell stuff? No, they, yeah. they don't do any of that stuff. Yeah. I wonder, I guess I should have looked this up, if they do, like, do they do chemotherapy for cancer? Like, wh- like yeah. what are they? They do. Okay. Yeah, chemo's, chemo's good. Yeah, they don't necessarily want people to die, I don't think. Um, but they, you know, but but people do die because of the no blood transfusions thing. Uh-huh. I didn't, even after I left the organization, and most people that I know that are, that have fallen away or been disfellowshipped, they don't have a blood transfusion at all costs for a long time, if ever, after leaving the organization, really? you know, just because it, it's pounded into you, it's bad. Do, is it because they believe that it's like taking someone else's spirit into you or? I, it's just filthy. It's like uh, the same thing with like eating like porks, you know, like blood sausage and stuff like that. They just it's supposedly dirty. It's just yeah, it's dirty. I don't think it's anything with the soul because they don't they're not real spiritual like that. Yeah, they about do- acknowledge. They don't yeah. believe in the immortality of the soul. I guess that follows under only no. 144,000 go to heaven. Right. Uh, right. And, and so for the rest of uh, everybody else, uh, so there, there's a great tribulation which takes place. And it's a period of time where w- we would be really persecuted. Mm-hmm. We'd be persecuted and they would do to us what they did to the, you know, what the Germans did, uh, you know, to Jews. And um, like it would be like that. And then that would be followed up by Armageddon and it would be a destruction of all mankind all mankind that were evil and then after that when I was growing up most uh kingdom halls which is where they worship would have a huge mural of the new order and that would be after Armageddon and it was a paradise okay and it was like we we would be you know it's like little kids playing with like a tiger and a you know a lion and and there would just be this peacefulness that would be and it would be a paradise it'd be gorgeous and only those that had um that that were you know in, in good standing Jehovah's Witnesses and I guess like a few other people that maybe missed the the deadline that didn't get baptized or whatever would be the only ones that would inhabit the earth after that forever and so the belief is you're kind of like let's get this let's get this armageddon going because then we get to get to paradise soon yeah right 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 even though it's scary oh it sounds you know the, it's made to sound scary you know the uh yeah so then this this happens but yeah so but the the, ca- the carrot that's dangled in front of you is the paradise the new the new order and everybody that was uh, that had faith in god that's already dead oh there'd be this mass resurrection too oh okay so you would get to come back but you're not yeah. in heaven you're on earth yeah it doesn't have to happen in your lifetime supposedly okay so after death as soon as this thing happens then you can you can be reanimated to experience this wonderful version of earth it reanimated sounds so funny but yeah exactly <laughs> is it is it thought to be like a, uh, god gave us this paradise and we mucked it up and that's why armageddon has to happen i i don't know it's except that that's how the story goes you know that that's what it says to them in, in revelation the last book of the bible is that that's what happens is that and so that was the reassurance of whatever we went through and whatever we did to witness about God's word, all of that was going to be worth it. It was all going to be paid back to us. You know, it didn't matter. So, so like the harsher, uh, the conditions were, uh, or the harsher treatment we got that, that just, that, that was okay because it was just, you know, proof that it was going to be better. Gotcha. We would be rewarded. Yeah. Oh man. I know. <laughs> I know. And it's good. You know, it's a, it's a newer religion. Um, it's, it hasn't been around that long. I don't know if it says in your Wikipedia page when it got started, but I, I mean, it's really young. So no, it, it was like, yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds about right. You know, there was something I was listening to. I was listening to this interview with a, I, I wish I could remember the name of the book. If it's an ex Jehovah's Witness, this woman who was, uh, who had, you know, uh, this unbendable faith. And so she went to go do missionary work in China and she said she she 
the first time that she really realized how idiotic she sounded uh, witnessing about Trova's Witnesses was when she was talking to these Chinese uh, people who had this religion that was like a bazillion years old and had was time-tested um, as to being one that, that brought you zen and made you serene and, and one where, you know, th that was working, that had been in place and, and that they followed and that was that they considered very sacred. Mm -hmm. And as she talked about her, you know, newfangled religion from America, she said, she, she said, I found I sounded like an idiot. And, and I realized how stupid it was what I was doing. You know, I was put in my place. Um, that's really, it just reminds me, I, I think it's important sometimes to get super stoned and then like, just like laugh at yourself. Um, right. and then just cause sometimes like, sometimes I'll get super, super stoned and then I will hysterically laugh about how sad I am. Um, cause like I have depression oh my God. Yeah. and it gets like real, it just, I'm like, oh, so fucking sad. Like what's that about? You know? And so <laughs> I just picture her being like talking about her religion and then all of a sudden being like, wait, what? Like, what the fuck am I talking about? Right, 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 right. That's so funny. Oh, man. So, <laughs> so since you left the church, you haven't gotten involved in any one religion, right? You enjoy religious studies, but like you haven't signed yeah, up no. for anything. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like um, if I had to like pick one and I didn't have a choice of leaving a something blank I would probably put Buddhism um but I have studied I've taken a couple of world religion classes in college uh in the last couple of years even and gone and visited the different places of worship for different religions um and I appreciate I appreciate that uh some of them give somebody not me a sense of community you mm -hmm. know and, and that's good uh, for some people, I, I don't really, you know, I could take or leave it, but I don't require that. And some people require accountability uh, to do the right thing. I'm not one of those people either. I do the right thing or the wrong thing, whether it's legal or illegal, and always will. So I, I um, yeah, I definitely have not adopted a, 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 a specific religion, but I do live a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I, I know that I um, I know that I don't I, I do the unselfish thing more often than I do the selfish thing. And when I do the selfish thing, it, it's, you know, whatever. It, it is what it is. But uh, I do feel that accountability to my child and to people that um, are around me not to um, not to do the wrong thing to them. Yeah, that, it's interesting. There are whenever people express views like, oh, well, if you didn't have God, what? what's there to keep you doing the right thing and you're like just like an inherent feeling in my heart and my soul that right, right. that like you know I uh, maybe I'm super Pollyanna but I think that most human beings are inherently altruistic I don't think that you need a religion to do the right thing because I I think we all have like an inner guidance that makes us want to be good and want to be kind um, yeah, I just, yeah, I get so, I get so ornery when I hear people be like, well, people need Jesus. Cause without that, they're just going to all be terrible. And you're like, no, I don't, I think I, I have faith that people can be good with, without a, a singular ruling body. Um, I, I reserve the right to, I mean, I believe that some people do need Jesus. <laughs> you know, I do. They, they just need that. And I believe that some of us are young souls and some of us are old souls. And I think that, um, you know, it just is what it is. Nobody's supposed to be doing anything other than what they're doing, you know? You know what? That is that is a very good point because uh, now that I'm thinking about it, like, I, I have to talk my way through things. But, like, some people, <laughs> like, I don't like AA. AA is not for me. I, I don't either. AA, but I don't either. Some people really need AA to keep sober. sober and, like, that's the thing that ah, is helping yeah. them. So I shouldn't dismiss it just because... It's I'm going to steal that. I'm going to steal that. Not only did you just tweak my beliefs a little bit, but I'm going to steal that, Sydney, because that's a good, that's a good comparison, you, you know, of, uh, yeah, yeah, some people need it. Yeah, every, I guess everyone, ha you know, has their own guiding light or, you know, finds right. it in different places. Do you? Everyone has different eyesight, you know, everybody has different, you know, whatever, everybody's different. That is, that is very true. Do you consider, so do you consider in hindsight the Jehovah's Witnesses to be 
a cult or have cult type vibes? <sighs> oh my god. Cuz that gets so thrown I- a, it gets thrown around a lot in talking about them. I don't I don't know one way or another, but like I, I think that in an effort to help people, I, I think the answer to that question is that yeah, it's a cult. Mm-hmm. Approach it like a cult. Because I do think that cults, in my definition, and I am open to anybody like correcting me, but my understanding of cults is that they are one uh, unified way of thinking and de- and deviating or di- differing from that, uh, you know, singular way of thinking. Anything different than that means that that you're not that you that you are uh, in conflict with with anybody that thinks differently than you yeah and i think that anybody that does that is a, is isolating you and again where isolation is that's where dysfunction and abuse breed and i definitely think that that's the objective with jehovah's witnesses i have lots of girl virtually every girlfriend that, that i grew up with um in the organization has a grocery list of stories of inappropriateness or downright molestation or rape i don't i've, I've dug really deep and i don't i don't see them but um, every single one I think that I, I grew up with has some really jacked up stories about the pillars of the congregation. Oh man, that's, that bums me out. I don't like I that. I know. The, right now in Australia, there's like a bunch of, uh, witnesses that have, uh, come forward and done like a class action suit against the organization because, uh, you know, like there were reports of child molestation, of rapes. And those uh, files have been sealed and have they have they've refused to give them to authorities. There's you know, there's a bunch of stuff going on. like in Russia. It's illegal to be a Jehovah's Witness. Um, oh, really? And I think. Oh, yeah. 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 That's big. Yeah. You it is straight up illegal to be a Jehovah's Witness in Russia. And so um, there's a lot of stuff that I think, too, is that the more that you're put into hiding like that, too, I think the more that that the fucked up shit happens, too. Because you're like isolated even more, even deeper. Yeah, and it uh, it becomes it it almost it ver it it verifies the the religion statement where it's like we're gonna be persecuted right on our on the way yeah. to because you know uh, that's what uh, that's what David Koresh was telling his people where he's like see I told you they are after us like we do have to bond together and yeah so it's just not yeah so my answer is a cult <laughs> okay. run run away <laughs> all right yeah don't no one out there join this one um, no don't do it uh and, and uh, you know I, i'm sure that you'll put like uh my my information like how to get a hold of me I, I mean i can i don't have the the links in front of me but i do have lots of um i have lots of information if anybody wants some like proof i, I can cite my sources uh, on all this stuff it, it's it's going on right now you know um anything else before we wrap up that we need to that we didn't touch on um I, I don't think so. I, I my, Well, maybe, of course, because I, I'm chatty like that. But I think that um, I think that no matter what religion anybody's considering, I, I think that they should first, uh, I think that while they go through the process of finding, aligning themselves with whoever or whatever, whatever gives them comfort, um, listen to your inner voices. Um, listen to, you know, go with your gut uh, on a lot of this stuff. And if something doesn't feel right, uh you know, trust it, trust it. And I think that that's really important with religion too. I think that if you do choose a uh, religion, I think that it's an, an important enough decision to really check in with yourself. And if something doesn't real feel right, then stop it because it, it has the tendency, especially with religion to snowball. And all of a sudden you're all up in it and you didn't even know how it happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a good, that's a good motto. I like that. As someone with IBS issues, I always say, trust your gut, trust your butt. Because uh, I, ha- I used to have this job that the minute I got in my car to drive to that job, my stomach would just start doing things. And um, I was yep. like, yeah, this is my body telling me that I don't want to go to this place. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. Um, right. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to talk to me about this. I feel like I learned yeah. a lot. This was like heavy for me inside, you know, I mean, because I'm like, 
um some of the some of the old some of the old foundational stuff uh, uh, that I was taught, I've, I've defied that publicly for the first time ever just now. And I'm, I'm glad I did it with you because you're just so laid back and cool. Well, thank you. I try. <laughs> <laughs> it um, seems like you don't. It seems like it just happens. <laughs> well, I'm, a, you know, I'm like a non-judgmental person. I like listening to people's stories, you know? Yeah, me too. I feel like it makes it makes me, I don't know. That's that's what interests me in life. You know, I like I want to hear about people's lives and their journeys and stuff, you know, and I'm always yeah. like, I don't want to hear about your new barbecue grill. I like tell me about your parents, tell <laughs> me about your siblings, like what makes you feel good? What makes you feel bad? Like I want the deep right, 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 right. Um, do you want to tell everyone to have a happy hump day? Have a happy hump day. Happy hump day.